What's up, guys? We are back with another podcast. It's been uh, two and a half weeks now. We apologize. We were having some serious microphone issues, and um, the issues are still not resolved. So we're recording this on a different microphone. Um, We've been replacing cords and all that, whatnot, and uh, still haven't uh, fixed the issue yet. So it'll just be a matter of time. Um, But yeah, we're back. So be ready for some more consistent podcasts at least once a week. Um, Hopefully we'll see if we can do twice a week, depending on how this sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got some car news for you guys as, uh, you know, since we've been gone for so long, we are bound to find something that has happened since we have left. Um, and the first thing we are going to talk about is the quarter mile. Now with the quarter mile, it's kind of a more of American thing than it is anything else. So, um, you know, the muscle cars, Chevy, Dodge and Ford, have always been the main competition when it comes to the quarter mile. So um, they did a drag race with a Chevy Camaro ZL1 1LE, the Dodge Challenger Hellcat Red Eye wide body, and the Ford Mustang Shelby GT500. That's a total of 2,207 horsepower on a quarter mile of asphalt, baby. And... um, yeah, so as we know, all of these cars, especially the Challenger, usually weigh a great amount, and that played a huge factor when it came to this drag race. Um, the Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye, for instance, has 797 horsepower, but it is the heaviest of the pack. Um, they, they didn't use the Demon. Uh, the Demon has 840 horsepower, um, but let's see if we can find some more stats. The The Challenger Hellcat Red Eye wide body weighed in at a portly 4,529 pounds. That's 470 pounds heavier than the Ford Mustang Shelby GT500, which is at 4,059 pounds. And, um, four, and 643 pounds heavier than the Chevy Camaro ZL1 1LE, which weighed under 4,000 pounds at 3,886. Um, and all these engines are big supercharged V8s because, you know, horsepower, American horsepower, that's what it's all about. The GT500 <laughs> is equipped with a double overhead cam 5.2 liter V8. The Camaro ZL1 1LE is powered by the heroic push rod 6.2 liter V8 and for the Challenger Hellcat Red Eye, um, it's the boat. It's an iron block 6.2 liter V8, which Dodge may hold the um, the trophy and title for most, most horsepower, um, but it definitely doesn't hold the trophy and the fastest on the strip or yeah, drag strip. The uh, who do you think would win? Out of out of the Camaro, the Mustang, and the Hellcat, who do you think would win? Probably the Mustang. You think the Mustang? I would say. I mean, I'd want to say not. I'd want to, but it, I would assume to say the Challenger, just because it has so much more horsepower. Mm-hmm. But the thing's a freaking boat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I hope the Camaro won, but I think it is the Mustang. Really? Yeah. The Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye ran an 11.6 seconds at 128 miles per hour in the quarter mile. The Chevy Camaro ZL1 1LE ran 11.5 seconds at 124 miles per hour in the quarter mile. And the Ford Mustang Shelby GT500 ran 11.4 seconds at 132 miles per hour. So the Challenger had a slowest, had a slower time than the uh, Camaro and the Mustang, but it was faster at the end than the Camaro. And, uh, but the Shelby was, had the fastest time of 11.4 and it had the highest speed of 132 at the end of the quarter mile. So even though um, the Challenger's got the most horsepower, it was the slowest. <laughs> Whoop de doo. Um, a lot of a lot. Of, they were saying that the the Challenger had a hard time getting traction off the line. That's because it has so much horsepower. Yeah, and um, I don't. I'm, I assume it probably has launch control, but who knows. Um, the Camaro's launch control programming can be beat by doing the old-fashioned way it jumps off the line the quickest, blasting a 30 miles per hour in 1.4 seconds. Um, the Dodge and the Ford are just behind it, both reacting that speed in 1.7 seconds. Although the Chevy is the first to reach 60 miles an hour in 3.4 seconds, the GT500 just keeps pulling. It catches its Camaro rival at just over 90 miles per hour, rocketing to 100 miles per hour in 7.1 seconds from a dead stop three-tenths of a second quicker than the Camaro and blasting through the quarter mile in 11.4 seconds at 132 miles per hour. The Camaro follows in 11.5 seconds at 124, and the Challenger Hellcat Red Eye is a tenth of a second later doing 128. Um, we might be in a horsepower war, but sometimes too much horsepower can be a problem, <laughs> especially on non-prepped surfaces. And you said out of all of them, you'd rather own the Mustang? I honestly do think, I think the the only thing I don't like, like, because I would choose the Camaro, but the only thing I don't like about the Camaro is the rear end. I like the rear end, but I think the rear end of the Mustang looks a lot better. Mm -hmm. It looks more aggressive, um, but it, it, the Mustang's a badass car. Our, uh, last year, um, in 2019, I think, Barrett-Jackson Auto Show, um, they had it. They they had it sitting there. I think it was like one of the first ones, or one of the first times they were putting it out in public. Um, but yeah, I was thought it was a super cool car. But I still think I would rather have the Camaro. Although I heard Camaros have horrible visibility. Mm-hmm. All muscle cars do. That's what I heard. Um, like I was last night actually. Me and my dad drove by the um, Chevy dealership in town, and they had like a 2018 Camaro SS or something. And like you're like the the windows are literally so small and you're so low in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the they have a heads up display so there's like a hump where the the, <laughs> the on where the driver's sitting on the dash and it makes it even more difficult to see. Um so that car is definitely not good um with blind spots and all that whatnot. Um, but yeah, so if you guys are wondering what would win in the drag race, um, the Challenger, 
the Camaro or the Mustang. It was the Mustang, although the Challenger did not use um, the Demon. They used a Hellcat Red Eye. Um, I don't know how much of a difference the Demon would do, but it might it might might be enough to beat it. I'm not quite sure. But on to the next news um, with Ford. Uh, we're talking about the Ford GT, the 2020 Ford GT has more power and it's louder. The two most important things in a car. Um, it uh, the previous model had a limited edition track only GT Mark II, and um, they they took some of the things from the GT Mark II and put it on the regular model, um, which upped the horsepower and upped the exhaust. Um, it'll make 660 horsepower compared to the 647 in the 2017 through 2019 model years. That's a just a whopping horsepower gain. Three. Thirteen. Uh, Thirteen horsepower gain. Uh, that miserable, I guess. If it was three, that'd really be bad. Yeah. They're like, now it makes 650 instead of 647. No. <laughs> so, um, and they equipped it with a titanium exhaust system. If you guys are looking to buy one, oh, the, they have a liquid carbon 2024 GT, and it's going to start at $750,000. Jesus. It's a twin turbo 3.5 liter V6, making 660 horsepower, sounds better. Titanium exhaust system. Um... And they also use new air ducts in the GT's massive rear buttresses um, that increase airflow by 50%. That's crazy. Have you seen, like, the rear of the 4GT? Mm. It literally has these giant goalies going down the back of it for air to go. But it increases airflow by 50 That's a lot. Usually companies will shoot for, like, 5 to 10% because that's still a huge addition. I remember on one of the Camaros, um, Chevy uh, or GM hollowed out the Chevy badge in the front. So they can get more airflow into the into the engine. Um, and they also got larger intercoolers uh, for peak power. Um, but now you can order a 2024 GT in fully exposed carbon fiber with a st- standard carbon fiber wheels. Um, you can also choose titanium lug nuts, six-point racing harnesses, anchors, um, five different interior colors, and five brake caliper colors the famous golf racing heritage livery pictured at top is still offered um although it's updated a bit the orange and blue hues are now divided by a black pinstripe and the carbon fiber number is switched from nine to six for the 2020 models for the first time on a heritage model carbon fiber wheels are available there are also two stripe options along with seven standard paint colors if you don't want either the exposed carbon or golf livery look that would definitely be a badass car to uh, not only own, but just like ride in, drive. Um, I remember there's an episode of Top Gear where they did a competition. It was right It was right after uh, uh, Hammond's accident mm. in the electric car. He rolled it and he broke his leg or something like that or ankle or something. So he was on a crutch and they were having a race. I, wanna, I don't know if it was a train or... I think they had to take a train to like an airport and then they had to fly to Niagara Falls and they were in New York, I want to say. And Jeremy was in the 4GT 
and it would see who could get to Niagara Falls faster. Um, and I'm pretty sure Jeremy Clarkson won in the Ford GT. That's like his favorite car. I remember the older one, the older model back in like 2006. He owned it, and it got like four miles to the gallon. Because it had a massive supercharged uh, V8 in it. That was always funny when they talk about that. But yeah, badass car. They had one, uh, Barrett Jackson, when I was there. Yeah. Super dope. Loved it. But one thing that I can always say I love just a little bit more is the new 2022 Hummer. Mm. <laughs> 2022? I think so. Yeah, 2022. Um, this thing, uh, it just... It just looks kind of gross. The rims are horrible. And the grill is atrocious. Um, you can definitely tell, like, it, they try to make it look like a, like the modern-looking trucks of today. But then they added some plastics, um, some LED lights, and some probably 20-inch chrome wheels on the truck. It's actually like it's actually like a truck now. It's not really like an SUV kind of like it was before where we saw it on the road. Um and now it's all electric. And I have three different motor choices and it makes a 1000 horsepower. 0 to 60 in like 3 seconds. That is totally ridiculously not necessary at all. What are your thoughts on the new 2022 GMC Hummer electric vehicle? In one word. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can do one word. Alright, but... Think of, like... You know, not not all Hummer drivers are the same. But... Yeah. Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> most of them. Alright. You know, they always just, like... Try to assert themselves, like, in traffic. Yeah, like, like be dominant. Goal. Yeah. And... Since they're gonna be faster now... That's going to make oh, it even worse. That is going to make it a lot worse. That's going to make it very dangerous because they're going to be like, oh, I can go through here and they just hit everybody. Yeah, but my question is, you know how, like, you know, the big macho guys are usually like, oh, electric vehicles are for pussies. <laughs> and then they get well, it. now you have a Hummer, which was, like, the most macho normal vehicle you could buy, but, and then they put an electric motor in it. <laughs> I think the big macho guys are going to have a serious problem. They're like, oh, God, that new Hummer. But it's electric. Yeah, you're going to start seeing, like, old Hummer engine swaps. Oh, my God. People are going to put... <laughs> the, watch them just rip this electric motor out and put a gasoline, like, the yeah. drivetrain. God, that'd be so stupid. Like, all that work just goes to that. Someone's yeah. going to do that. Like, I wonder what GMC would do if they found out their customers were swapping them back <laughs> to gasoline engines. Honestly, I think what they should have done, instead of coming out, like, the electric is cool, but if they really wanted to appeal to their audience like they did with the last one, I really think they should have just made it diesel instead of gas. Mm. Um, and then, you know, they make it where they it can roll coal and everything, so it'd be like, the big macho guys could be even more macho now. You know? That'd be terrible. Yeah, but now they're electric. Making a thousand horsepower. <laughs> it's even worse. But I wonder how many people are actually going to buy these. I just don't think people are going to buy them. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think people would buy the other Hummer either, and here we are. Mm -hmm. I just hope there's not going to be another PT Cruiser. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> My mom would be all hyped. <laughs> Jeff would be like, 
Shit, I gotta buy another one. <laughs> My grandpa and I were roasting the PT Cruiser a couple weeks ago. It deserves it. Huh? It deserves it. It's just like they try... I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to make a modern hot rod. Like, that's what they were trying to achieve. That's why they have that grill. That's why they have, like, the, the, the arches that are kind of flared out in the front. Like, I see what they're going for, but they didn't hit the target. Mm-mm. They made a car that moms drive now. And they think they're hip, but they're not. They, it was it was a fail. You know you know the new Hummer is bad when we start talking about PT Cruisers. <laughs> That's all I know. When talking about PT Cruisers is better than talking about a new Hummer. That's a yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the PT Cruiser has a chance. <laughs> it has a chance to revive itself. Hummer did too, and then this is what they came out. Like I that to me that looks better than the other Hummer. Oh yeah. That looks better. Mm. But it's still a Hummer. <laughs> and it still has those atrocious wheels. You think those are twenty inch wheels? I feel like they're bigger. I feel like that truck's massive. To be honest. I don't think that's some like average shit. Like, that looks massive to me. It looks like a chode. <laughs> <laughs> Need to bleep that out. It looks like a bleep. <laughs> <laughs> like a what? <laughs> like a bleep. <laughs> like a chode. It looks like a freaking chode. That's what it looks like, literally. And then they made a nice... They made, some, they made a nice headlight configuration with Hummer on the grill. And I think that Hummer part is also lit up. <laughs> and then they slap a fat plastic bumper on the front. Like, who are you going to mow through? Hay? <laughs> Tumbleweeds? The moment you hit anything somewhat solid, it's just going to crack. It looks plastic. Doesn't it look plastic, the front? Like that black part? Yeah. Yeah. That does look plastic. To me, that looks very plastic. I'm trying to zoom in, but... It's not having it. Yeah, that... That's definitely plastic. And if that's not plastic, I would be very, very surprised. Imagine all the aftermarket bumpers people are going to come out with. <laughs> that's going to be bad. But yeah, so that's the that's the new Hummer. Um, if you guys want some more details, um, we probably won't give them to you just because this thing's horrible. Um, Shut up. Um, yeah, so it comes with three different electric motors you can choose from. Um, the 1,000 horsepower is the top of the electric motor. Um, it'll make 11,500 foot-pounds of torque. That's a lot of torque. Um, but the torque... I guess the, the real torque figure that measured at the wheels will be like 834 foot-pounds. Damn. Um, multiple battery options. 300 miles of range. Um, it's on sale May... It'll, it'll reveal the Hummer May 20th, 2020. But the truck won't be making its way until 2021. Fall of 2021. Um, are you excited for the GMC Hummer electric vehicle? <laughs> Here we go. Look okay. it. No, I wish Hummer wasn't a thing again. 
What? 74% said yes, it looks promising. Who's this dingbat? <laughs> All right. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about was uh, this app. I thought it sounded interesting. Uh, a while ago on the podcast, we talked about this thing um, of modern cars, how they record your driving and where you went and all that stuff and your speeds on a little uh, data log in the computers in the car's computer. And so when you sell the car to another person, somebody could technically take that data log and plug it into the computer and read everything pretty much about you from texts to calls to everything. So there's this app that helps ensure your personal data doesn't get sold with your car. It's called Privacy for Cars with a number four. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like this is an ad for it, but it's not. Um, yeah, this is a more of a business-friendly method of cleaning things up, um, including a creating of a compliance record. But whether you use an app or not, clearing your personal data from your car, you're selling or returning to a rental agency is essential. Uh, I mean, the, the, the amount of crap that your car um, saves is absolutely ridiculous, especially if you if you have your phone paired up. So like if you have Apple CarPlay and like a lot of the Fords have those, um, you know, you have your phone, you have your whole phone connected to the car. So texts, um, messaging, uh, calls, all that stuff, it'll, it'll save all the calls and messaging that you get. And literally if somebody buys that car and takes the data log out of the computer, they can literally see all that stuff. Like who is the most recent person you called? Who is the most favorited person? I'm pretty sure they could listen to like voicemails and all that stuff. Um, so what this does, this app helps you delete all this stuff off of your car. It gives you a step-by-step with then specific instructions for wiping P2 from hundreds of different models. Um, and apparently this thing tried it. Um, and you have to pay money to do it. I think it's like two bucks for one car. Um, or you can buy 50 vehicles for $69.99. Um, but first, what you have to do is um, you scan your vehicle's barcode or identify it through the app's menus. Then an image carousel of possible infotainment system head units appears and you choose the one installed in your car. Next, the app guides you through all the steps needed to wipe personal data from the vehicle's memory, including phone, contacts, saved navigation locations, and even any universal garage door opener codes that are keyed to your own house. Privacy for Cars says its app-based system is easier to use than relying on printed manuals in the glove box or searching for tutorial videos online. That's crazy. Like, what do you think about all that stuff that's saved in there? Like, what's your whole thought? I mean, is it only, like, the screens? Or is it all radios? It's, like, pretty much just in, like, modern cars. Hmm. So, like, my 2004 BMW most likely doesn't have that. Um, but, like, when you start getting to, like, 2007s and 2008s, it's probably... Anything that you can really hook your phone up to. Because that's, like, the main worry. Um, I mean, having something kind of track where you're going, isn't really that big of a deal, but something getting into your phone and messaging and like all that stuff, that's pretty much more important. So probably just like a lot of the newer cars have that, mm. not anything older, but yeah. Still recording. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's creepy if you think about it. I mean, mm. 
it's not like unless you have something to hide, but it sucks for drug dealers. <laughs> Cops will just go through their shit. They're like, ah, shit's hella fucked up. They go. I wonder if cops could get a warrant to search that information because they could have like everything. Let me search your data log. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, they it practically be like the same thing as searching your phone, but except your card tracks where you've been going. So like that could reveal a lot more information. Mm. Hmm. I mean, so if you guys are interested, um, I'd recommend it. If you guys got a newer vehicle that hooks up to your phone and all that good stuff, um, I'd recommend you guys, if you guys are going to sell your car, that you should probably do this um, just to ensure your safety and make sure no creepers are buying your car. But, um, yeah, so maybe I won't buy a new car. I wonder if you could turn it off. Think you could turn it off? I mean, maybe, I don't know. Probably not. Probably if you just, like, drive into a lake. Yeah. There we go. Problem solved. All right, guys, that's all we have for the podcast today. I want to say thank you for tuning in. If you guys haven't go ch- haven't checked out the YouTube or the Instagram yet, uh, please go check it out. They're both at 509 Car Club. And make sure you guys go tell a friend, a family member who are all a car enthusiast to make sure to listen to the podcast because, you know, we're the best one in the 509. All right, thanks again, guys.